This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 319 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Helena breaks another one. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are the American Horsewoman's Challenge, Easy Signs Online, and Riding Warehouse. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. I am Glenda Geek. And I'm Helena B. Barely. And this is the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, Helena, 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 Helena. Now let's remind everybody how long ago was it that you fell off your last horse and broke your leg? Or your and then had to have surgery and you were out for six months and you were a miserable mess. How long ago was that? Three years. Has it been three years, really? Yeah. God, it seems like yesterday. I really three years. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, then you're doing all right. It was time to break another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I noticed that you've been keeping this kind of quiet. I haven't seen any pictures on Facebook, and we'll tell everybody what it is here. But, uh, well, I didn't, I didn't put any pictures up yet, but, um, I did put a little announcement up so that my friends could be sweet to me. <laughs> all right. What happened? <sighs> well, I inadvertently pressed Brody's eject button on uh-huh. Sunday. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and then you ejected. I ejected, I hit the ground, and I broke my right wrist again. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it wasn't your leg this time. was my leg. I know. I know. Thank you can at least walk. I mean, that's something. That's, if you're going to pick one now that you've done them all, if you're going to pick one to break, it'd probably be your, your wrist, right? Then your leg? Uh, yes. Yeah. For me, yeah. yes. Yes. Because I'm like, I'm the type of person who can't sit still. I'm like a Mexican jumping bean. If you put me in a, you know, on crutches or in a cast, a leg cast, I'm just, I'm all done. So. So what happened? Did he spook or something? So it was Sunday afternoon. And I, now, for those of you who are dedicated listeners, <laughs> you'll go back to one of our all host episodes. Um, one holiday season, and we had asked the question, maybe it might have even been a guest show on Horses in the Morning. I'm not sure when it was, but you had asked the question, tell us something that nobody knows about you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I don't like to ride when it's cloudy. That's true. You You did. We all laughed. And you guys all (laughs) laughed at me. That's right. So it's like four o'clock on a Sunday and it's cloudy. And I'm like, ah, something doesn't feel right about this, but it was warm, and Grace wanted to go for a ride, and I had just mowed this awesome, fun path out in the, the, the meadow behind my house. So I'm like, Grace, let's go ride the meadow, you know, the little trail. We could play follow the leader and have a little canter out there. It'll be a lot of fun. So we tack up, we get on, and something's just bothering me, but I don't know what it is. Well, we get in the tack, and as soon as we get out, out of the woods and into the meadow, it starts to rain. So Grace is like, Mom, I don't want to ride in the rain. And I'm like, relax. It's fine. The horses don't really mind. So we get halfway around the meadow, and the skies, like, open up buckets. It starts to pour really, really, really heavy. And there's still leaves on the trees. I mean, it's, it's still summer here. So all around the meadow are maple trees and oak trees, and it gets really loud. And the woods are, like making all kinds of noises and it's stirring up all kinds of animals and things in the woods. So I'm standing up in my stirrups and I'm turned around looking at Grace, telling her to just relax. It's just rain, you know, and keep a hold on to reins and just march forward. We're heading back to the barn. Now we're literally, we're bait. We're not even a hundred yards from the barn. I could see the barn from the meadow. And you're riding Brody and she's riding the new horse. And she's riding Calypso. Right. Okay. Who's like rain. 
Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So, of course, I'm standing up in my stirrups and I'm turned around and Brody decides that something must have rustled in the woods, whether it was deer or what happened. But something happened in the woods and Brody decided that that was spook worthy. And he leaped to the side and... And you stayed in the air. <laughs> well, I, I stayed on for a while. What happened was I stayed on for a while, but he kept spooking. He kept shushing off to the side. And I had put on a different girth on Sunday. I put on a girth that was too big. Uh, so I was all the way up on the top hole on each side, on, on each billet. And I think with the rain and the fact that the girth might have been just a skosh too big, um, even though I checked it, I slid. Yeah. yeah, I slipped. So there was, because the saddle was all crooked by the time I stood up and you know, took an inventory of what had, what happened. So I think the saddle slipped as well. And so I was halfway to the ground when I was like, all right, I got to bail. I got to come out. This is, this is just stupid. I'm all over the place. And I put my hands out and broke my right wrist. And we got to send you to stunt school. My finger. You didn't do duck and roll. You put your arm out like everybody does. And then they break their wrist. Well, you know, it's not like you can really plan (laughs) what you're going to do with your body when you're being launched. Okay. (laughs) Glenn. <laughs> We're going to send you out to Hollywood. You need stunt school with some hot with some hot stunt guy. Uh. <laughs> need a parachute, yeah. So that that's the story. And so you know, then I get up and I'm and you know, you hit the ground and you get up and you're like, oh crap, crap. <laughs> and you know that your arm is broken. So it, technically, I broke the arm bone, not the wrist, because ten years ago I had broken that wrist. And well, 11 years ago, I broke the wrist and had to have it surgically repaired. So there's hardware in there, which has done its job. <laughs> Thank you very much. So really, the, the, the wrist and the arm had no place to break except where it did because it was. So it know. broke above it, above where so the it broke patch above was, it, above the patch, <laughs> above the actual patch. Yeah. And um, because that metal wasn't going to break. <laughs> it's titanium, man. Yeah, exactly. That's not going anywhere. <laughs> So I get up and, you know, Grace is dismounted and I, you know, run my stirrups up with one hand because my arm is hanging, my wrist is hanging at this awful angle that, Uh. you know, is just like, you're just like, please don't tell me I'm going to have, I'm going to need surgery again, you know? And so we're marching back and of course you're going into shock because you've just broken a bone and I'm like, all right, just keep walking and I'm worried about my kid. So I'm checking on her and she's fine and we get back to the barn and we put the horses away and I'm just, I keep swallowing, you know, <laughs> to keep the vomit down because <laughs> that, blah, that feeling of breaking a bone. And we go into the house and Buck's inside and he's like, wait, that was quick. You guys are back early. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, breaking your arm will do that <laughs> to, to, to cut your good time short. And he was like, what? Oh, no. And so off the three of us went to the emergency room at Newport Hospital. And I am such a baby when it comes to pain. I thought I wasn't. I thought I had a high tolerance for pain. Oh, my God. You should have heard me. You should have heard me. (laughs) Don't touch my arm. It hurts. We have to do. We have to touch it. Did they have to set it or was it uh, just like cracked? It wasn't out of place. It was not out of place. It's it's cracked. All the way across, but it was not displaced. Oh, so you didn't have to go through the pain of having it set. Having it set. No, they 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 have all this new technology now. When you break your arm, like they have this this like instant molding cast that they put on you. Huh. It just takes like it's like this cotton that's infused with some kind of resin or whatever, and then they just dunk it in water and they mold it to your arm and then they wrap it and it's like an instant cast. Huh. Yeah. And then they take x-rays and you don't have to even move your arm. The whole x-ray machine just goes around your body. It's really cool. And then, and then the best part is like one of the nurses comes in and she's like, oh, how'd you do that? I'm like, I fell off my horse. And she goes, oh, I broke my wrist two years ago loading my horse in the trailer. And then suddenly you forget the pain. <laughs> so you're like, really? What happened? Blah, 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 blah. And so this like 15-minute conversation ensues about how she was trying to load this mare that was on trial and blah, blah, blah. I completely forget about my pain and my broken wrist because I'm having this conversation about trailer loading. 
Hospitals would go broke without horse people. Oh, <laughs> they would. And so then the then the ER doctor comes in and and you know he's he's talking and he's like, oh, you know, Mr. ER doctor, kind of cool. And he's like, so how'd you do it? And Buck's like, well, she fell off her horse, you know. And so this always happens every time I get to the emergency room and somebody finds out you hurt yourself riding your horse. They're like, oh, well, I did this surfing and I did this like para hang gliding or, you know, <laughs> like they got to one up you. As soon as they find out you're a horseback rider, they're like, I, you know, I was jumping from airplanes and I broke my pinky. <laughs> <laughs> So I assume that, uh, do you have a cast? What do you have now? I have some high-tech splint that functions the same way a cast does, only it's removable. So I can take a shower. And I can change the, it has Velcro straps. So what happens is because, um, well, it's it's in an extremity, it swells a lot. And I have a lot of swelling. So, um rather than put a cast on and then have to take it off when the swelling goes down, you have this sort of splint that hmm. takes care of that for you. I'd yeah. say cool, but it's not really cool when Kinda you cool. think about it. I told Jennifer, and she just laughed, by the way. Uh, she didn't show a whole lot of empathy. I, you're <laughs> one of her best friends. <laughs> but, you know, there's the girl that's broken almost everything in her body, so... Uh, she said you have a few to catch up yet, so keep, she said keep up the good work there, Helena. Yeah, you're yeah. not. That's the only. Let me tell you, <laughs> this it's it's been a, a difficult year for me. It's been a difficult couple of weeks. The only thing that made me feel better was when you said you've almost caught up to Jennifer. Jennifer, <laughs> I swear, it's the only thing that made me feel better because as I was like dragging my butt out of the field and over to the emergency room, I'm thinking that's it. I'm done. I can't do horses anymore. That's it. It's stupid. You, I, why would I do this? Why would I get on? Brody's like the best horse ever, and I've still broken a bone on him. What? What? How can this be? I, I just must not. We just need to teach you to duck and roll and not put that arm out. That's horses all. Horses must just not That need to broken your shoulders. So, I mean, yeah. yeah it's... Well, you know, you think this all the way to the ER, right. and, then, and then they give you the pain medicine. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're like, I need to pick a builder. Did you ask for like a month's worth? Three more horses. I feel great. I'm going to get a pony. Maybe I'll get a warm one. I'm going to get emails. I'm not laughing. Yeah, I am laughing at Helena, but I have a right to because you know what? Uh, I have lived through so many injuries with you and Jennifer and all the women in our lives that. uh, Yeah. I have a right. Yeah. You need to talk to Buck. You got to give him the. You got to give him the scoop on, on what he was great. What a like he was so calm and and so you're like Jennifer. If Buck hadn't been there, you'd have driven yourself to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what yeah. she did. You know, last yeah. arm she broke. She just I never knew about it until I got home. She had a cast on. She never told I, me. I remember that I was there when she broke that. <laughs> yeah, I was just, like, how'd you get to the hospital? She drove myself. Yep, just finished the horses and drove herself to the hospital. Got the cast. And, She's like, it's just a broken arm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a broken arm. Well, you know, first, when you, get, when you get over feeling all sorry for yourself, then you're like, well, whatever. It's a broken arm. Broken yeah, but you don't arm. have a cast, so your, your, your daughter and your friends can say mean things on it. Oh, that's true. They can't write mean things on it. I do feel a little bit like a Walmart customer, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know those people who yes. just like purling yes. around with splints yes. on? I feel like such a loser. <laughs> Well, the last time you had to be in the Walmart wheelchair, at least not this time. <laughs> oh, my God. That, no, that was Target. Target. That was Target. It was, you do, you feel it. What is that? What? I mean, seriously, I, I got cred. I got cred. I had, a, I, I had like, the, 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 the toughest, you know, sports injury you could have. The, the unhappy trial. I am sure that you could get yourself a handicapped parking sticker now. Uh, I know. You should apply right now because I think you could get one. Because <laughs> I'm going to need one in the future, <laughs> yeah. you mean? Because you've hurt yourself so much. You could just put all that down and you could get one. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. I mean, as okay yes. as you can be. I'm um, as okay as the medicine will allow me to be. <laughs> Brody gets a vacation. No, uh, he's not. No. Actually. 
No, no. no. no I'm going to find everybody I can to ride that little bugger's <laughs> butt off. He is as big as a house. He needs to be ridden. Gained a little weight over the summer, huh? <laughs> he must have some pony blood in him because that horse can get fat on weeds and air. I see you're going to have to do like our. Both of ours have muzzles half the day. You know, you're going to need to get him a muzzle here soon. I really think I'm going to. Yeah, you might have to. I, I should probably just have him ridden first. Do you know our horses dive into their muzzles? They'll run from across the field if they see us with their muzzle because we've learned <laughs> you put alfalfa cubes in the muzzle. Oh, my God. And you can see their expression change each time. They come running over. They see you with that. And they dive their head into the muzzle. And you put the muzzle on and you walk away. And they look at and you, and you see it hitting them that, oh, man, I fell for that again. <laughs> it just it dawns on them that that treat might not have been worth it. But they do it every day. So, see, you can get away with muzzles. I guess I have muzzles too. I have muzzles. All right. Well, let's do this. We're good. Mm-hmm. We got a, a guest coming up today. We have somebody who is uh, probably one of the uh, longest competitors in mounted archery here in the United States. She's going to come up and talk to us about mounted archery because we have a group that are heading out from the United States to uh, Korea in October for the 10th Annual World Championship Martial Arts and Horseback Archery Competition. So we're going to uh, talk to them about that. Uh, you know, remember years ago we had somebody on about Mo- Katie Stearns. I don't know why I remember that name, but we had her on to uh, talk about mounted archery. But that was like years ago. So we thought it was time to revisit that. You won't be doing any of that right now, by the way. You're not going to be doing well, any archery. <laughs> why not? Unless All you can right, do fine. it with your teeth. Yeah, no learning archery for you for a while. But so we're going to have her on. But I thought before we got to her, we're going to take a break for to hear about the American Horsewoman's Challenge. When we come back, Helene and I, I found this on BuzzFeed. Do you ever go to BuzzFeed.com? No, I don't go there, but I, I see other people yeah. share stuff. Well, it's just a silly site. I mean, it just they have silly stuff. <clears throat> well, they had the 19 words that mean something to different to equestrians. So we're going to find out what BuzzFeed's version of the 19 words that mean something different to a questions and see if we agree right after this. Don't miss the first ever American Horsewoman's Challenge. 40 of the top female horse trainers in North America compete for $28,000 in cash and prizes. It's three days of intense competition, demonstrations by top clinicians Linda Pirelli, Julie Goodnight, Aton, and others. Plus the Extreme Cowboy Race with Craig Cameron. Tickets start at just $80 and are available through Ticketmaster. Don't miss the American Horsewoman's Challenge, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Well, now it's time. BuzzFeed.com is one of my favorite websites because they just have silly, stupid stuff. And it's mostly lists of different kinds. When they, very, they sometimes have things about horses, not too often, but they did today. And I was thinking, you know, I wonder if they know anything about horse, horses because this was put together by one of the staffers at BuzzFeed. And it's called 19 Words That Mean Something Different to Equestrians. So uh, let's see. Let's see if we agree to these. And I'll, I'll, I'll read them for you. Close. Okay. The, what it means to non-equestrians is something you wear out often to make a fashion statement. To an equestrian, it means a napkin for your horse to rub his face all over. White clothes especially attract horse slobber. Isn't that true? <laughs> she must own a horse. <laughs> yes, I think so. Because uh, they certainly do that. You know, and how many times I have, like all horse people, I have the set of good clothes that I'm not going to wear to the barn that I wear out, you know, when we actually leave the house and go do something, which on on that rare occasion. And then you get home from that rare occasion and you go, I'll just go out. Let's, we got to do something with the horses, right? You got to put the horses out or whatever. And you don't feel like going in and change. So you say, I'll just wear this shirt. It'll be fine. You go out and I'll be darned if that isn't the time something happens and your shirt gets a permanent stain. And then that one's off the list, too. I have more barn shirts. I have about 75% barn shirts and 25% actual wear-out shirts. You, that means you're actually bridging the gap from horse husband to horse person. <sighs> My yeah. clothes know it, too. You are, you are treading dangerously <laughs> close to horse person's Oh, I've stopped buying good clothes years ago. It's like, okay, Walmart, good enough. Yeah, but when you, when you keep going out to the barn in your good clothes and think that you won't get that messy... That's horse person. Yeah, that is true. You're right. 
<laughs> Second one was tall boots. Uh, Non-equestrian, something you wear in the autumn and winter that looks great and keeps your feet warm. What it means to equestrians, an absurdly, absurdly expensive pair of boots that will inevitably get very dirty, but you guard them with your life. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Anytime you pay 400 bucks for a pair of boots, you're going to guard them with your life. And that's cheap. Yeah. And and you have to consult with at least 12 different resources before you actually invest in a pair of these boots. That's true. That is so true. You can't just go out and buy a pair of tall boots. You have no. to you have to check the Chronicle forums. You've got to go to Horse Nation. You've got to check all of your retail sites and the reviews. Yeah. Number three, plastic bag. And of course, to anybody else, it means something to carry your groceries home in, right? Well, what it means to an equestrian is a demon that when flapping could send you flying face first into the dirt and break your arm. Maybe it was a plastic bag out there in the woods. It could have been. Yeah. Could have been. You're going to have to do desensitization training with uh, plastic bags here soon. Oh, my God. That that horse is going to be getting all kinds of desensitization training. There's going to be bombs going off at my house. We we did uh, we did some desensitization training with the pony the other day with Scooter and we did the old uh, blue tarp. Yeah. And Jennifer was ready. You know, she she did it all very slowly with the blue tarp, and then hey, you put it on the ground first and had him walk over it, step on it. it uh, the first time he walked right up in the blue tarp, he wouldn't get off of it. We could not get him to leave the blue tarp. Because so he thinks it's could... water. Yes, and he was just, that's exactly right. You saw the latest video, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So he, was ju- he wouldn't leave it. He just wouldn't get off of it. Finally, we got him off the blue tarp. And I said, well, I don't think this is going to be much of trouble. She said, well, fold it up. So I fold it up in a little square, and then you take it, and you take it, and you slowly rub it over his... Within five minutes, he was wearing the entire blue tarp, walking around without any trouble at all. I, I he had no. I was he rustling was it. it. He, I, I unfolded it. I put him over it like a blanket. I covered his head with it. I was rubbing it all over him. I was banging it to make noises. Nothing. He was fine. He's a tough little guy. <laughs> uh, not much scares him. I got to tell you, as you can see by the video where he's rolling in the water. <laughs> uh, money. Well, that one's self. Do I even need to read that one? You know. Uh, <sighs> That, that I don't need to, you need do. to read that. Oh, oh, you want me to read it? Okay. Something you use to purchase or pay for things for a non-equestrian. For an equestrian, something you don't have any of because you've spent it all on your horse. That's so true. We don't have savings. That's not. We don't believe in that. Bridle. What it means to non-equestrians, a piece of equipment used on a horse. What it means to equestrians is a collection <laughs> of extremely expensive leather straps that will save your life if your horse takes off with you. Okay, fair enough. Well, you hope. You hope. You you hope. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Candy wrappers. Non-equestrian, plastic that surrounds a piece of candy. Equestrian, something that if crinkled sends a chorus of knickers through the barn and makes your horse come running to you. They also overflow your pockets and forever live in your washer and dryer. How true is that? How many candy wrappers have you found in your washer? Oh, my gosh. They're in every pocket of every yes. outer piece of outerwear I own. Yes. And they, they don't seem to crinkle when you like I'm one of those lazy washing people. When I get the pants and the shorts, I take it and I don't put my hand in every pocket. I just yeah. take the whole thing and squish it and try and see if I feel anything. Do you do that? Or do you do the hand in the pockets? Um, no, I, I do the squishy thing. Yeah. Actually, I don't I do, do anything. <laughs> I just throw, <laughs> I just wash it all. Cause you know what? If it's going into my washing machine, it's dirty. <laughs> so if it's money in my pocket, it's dirty money. <laughs> if it's a candy wrapper, it's dirty candy wrapper. Somehow getting it out of the washing machine, no matter what it is, is better than when it goes into the washing machine. <laughs> I at least crunkle my pants to see if I feel anything <laughs> on the outside. No. The only thing I do is if I wash a pair of Buck's jeans, I'll crinkle the top half just to make sure his wallet's not in there or something. Because that oh, would yeah. suck. That would suck. Yeah, that that would be bad. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. Let, we'll do the rest of these after our guests because we have our guest coming up next. And we're going to be talking about mounted archery. And uh, we'll get to that in just a minute right after this word from EasySignsOnline.com. Yeah. 
This week's Spotlight product from EasySignsOnline.com is their Outdoor Silhouette Cutouts. Made from a long-term outdoor durable vinyl aluminum material, these cutouts will outlast the old-style painted wood ones by many, many years. A great way to add an equestrian image to your barn, horse stalls, mailboxes, houses, or campers. Choose from dozens of equestrian or animal graphics online, available in two different sizes starting at only $59.95. And remember, free shipping on most orders over $100, all at EasySignsOnline.com. Get your silhouette cut out today. Well, coming up next, we have Diana Troik with us, who has been doing mounted archery for a lot of years. She teaches uh, mounted archery. She's been in competitions all over the world. She's been to Korea, Japan, Poland, Mongolia, and, you know, and done some, been to some beautiful, amazing places because of mounted archery. And I think that it's actually become a little more popular, probably because of a couple of movies that were out recently. But uh, we're going to talk to her about that. Hello, Diana. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. So what got you into mounted archery? Did you do, like, non-mounted archery first? No, I had never shot a bow before. I've been riding since about three, and a Japanese woman who did the Yabusami style came over from Japan and used my horse to practice and did a demonstration and came back and said there was going to be a clinic the next year for five days, and my horse was good. I should try. So I self-taught myself and went and took the clinic and was hooked immediately. What's Hooked it take? You talk about the horse there first, so let's let's ask about that. You know, obviously you have to have a horse with a personality that's going to put up with that because you got the arrows going right by their head. Um, so what you know, what, what kind of horse puts up with that? Well, actually, just about any horse if they're trained properly and they have trust in you. I started with a quarter horse. I have a fox trotter now, but every breed of horse can do this if they are, you know, trained properly and come to trust you. They know the arrows are not going to hurt them. It's just a noise. And uh, they're mostly pretty good. I mean, in Asia and Europe, they use a lot of uh, thoroughbreds and Arabians. Here in the States, we use a lot of quarter horses and uh, fox trotters, walkers, just about anything, mustangs. I would imagine that the, the gated horses are, are pretty nice to, to shoot off of because they're so smooth. Well... The one thing you do have to do when you shoot the arrow at a target, you must be at a gallop. So the gates are really out the door. They're all galloping. Some uh, are galloping. Uh, some are dead running fast. <laughs> well, that puts me out of the competition. Yeah. <laughs> Faster than a walk, I'm not interested. So, then, just... so what's the attraction then to the walkers and the foxtrotters? Well, those are just our personal horses that we enjoy riding, and they're very good at it. Their temperament is better, I think, than most. I've, I've been around every type of horse probably on the planet, and we like their temperaments. But, again, any horse can do it. Um, you have some that are very temperamental, flighty, like high-strung, like thoroughbreds, but once they get down to it, they know what they're doing, they're fine because they trust you and they know what they're supposed to do. Hmm. Now, now, so so in the competition, let, let's uh, fast forward to the competitions. What exactly happens? How does the competition work? Well, we have different styles of courses as in any sport. Uh, most of our tracks are pretty straight. They're anywhere from 90 meters long to 150 to 180, depending on who has the land. In Korea, they have a 180-meter track, so we do a single target. We'll do a double shot, which is a forward shot and a back shot. We'll do a five target. Uh, these are the main ones in, in Hungary or in the east. They do uh, the Hun course, which is a three-sided target in the middle of the track. You have 30 meters to shoot a forward shot, 30 meters to shoot a side shot, 30 meters to shoot a back shot, and you can shoot as many arrows as you want. The other ones you have to draw from a quiver, and you can use either a back quiver or a hip quiver, and your scoring is your rings on the targets or points and is combined with your speed. So, oh, so you have a time. Okay. you get more time. Mm-hmm. Huh. So I'm. I see here that I'm looking at some of the pictures on the um the 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 website. There are different sized bows as well. So I'm assuming that these different targets and courses have different equipment requirements. What's the difference between the really large bows and then the smaller ones? 
The long bows are called Yabusambi bows. They're yumis, and only the Japanese use them. They have long bows, long arrows. Uh, we use recurve horse bows, different being from a regular recurve. Horse bows are not allowed to have a shelf to rest your arrow on. It's all by your hand. Ah. Uh, interesting. So that's yeah. what you'll see. And they can be long or short, but most of them are not over 52 or 54 inches. Because you don't want to hit the horse in the butt with them when you're turning, doing back shots. Or we have one event that is a 27-foot pole with a disc on top. We actually use a cymbal, so you get a great sound. And as you gallop by, you turn and shoot, either turning or di- dipping down and leaning up to shoot straight up at it like you would a bird in a tree. And uh, we use foo-foos with rubber tips for those. But it's... And this is all at a gallop. Sure, both of those. All of the, everything is at a gallop. Here in the states, we pretty much do gallops. When I go to uh, Korea, for example, um, their horses are dead running. My horse here is a good runner. He has three speeds, and when I go over there, the horse I've had three years in a row is the fastest horse there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, it depends on what you want. I enjoy the speed and like that. So even though I might not get all my arrows off at five targets, I have a blast on her. <laughs> How do you steer? Do you ever have to turn? Is it all straight lines? If you have to turn, you, you're not using your hands, right? No, you're not using your hands. Um, most of our tracks have a lane that the horses run down to train, so you can let go of them and they know where they're going. There are a few courses, a uh, cross-country course. You're going in and out, up and down, and your horse has to pretty much be leg-trained. And as long as they're leg-trained and they respond to your leg pressure, you don't need to use your hands. Hmm. I need to do it this It is a <laughs> matter of center of gravity. And once you get learning it, if you're a decent rider, it doesn't matter if you're up, down, sideways. Your center is still there. You're just doing other things with your body. Diana was the first original Katniss. <laughs> well, I wasn't, but there... <laughs> This was long before the movie. I started 14 years ago. And has the movie been, brought more people? Has the interest gone up since the movie in archery? I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I'm sure for archery there has been. I'm not sure about horse archery because it's evolving right now, and it's not that well out in the public. But when people hear about it, they're fascinated and can't wait to try it. How, and I, do you have to be a really good rider to uh, to take it up? Should you be a really good rider? Let me correct that. You need to know how to at least gallop your horse, and then it's a matter of practice and repetition. Um, if you're not good enough to gallop, since that's what we do, um, I would suggest taking lessons first and getting that good. You can always start on the bow and practice. We do different types of shooting with the bow. It's not the three-finger style only. We go back as far as the Mongols with a thumb, ancient thumb release, which most of us enjoy more because it holds the arrow on the bow. Like if you're tipping up toward a kabak or it's windy or the horse is bumpy, the arrow does not flop off the bow, which a three-finger can do. So we all like it a little bit better, but we do both. So now is this, you know, we the last guest we had on to talk about mounted archery was a woman, and obviously you are. Now, is this something that uh, more women are doing than men? Does it appeal to men? Oh, it appeals to men. Um, our best archers in the U.S. at the moment are men, and uh, but the women are real close behind. We're trying to catch up. The women archers, we call ourselves the Amazon archers, and Katie Stearns is probably who you talked to before. She's yep. out of Seattle. Yep. Um, yeah, I've been doing it about five years longer than her, but we both took from the original instructor, Lucas Novotny, who lives in Florida, and he's the number one in the U.S., probably one of the top ten in the world. Huh. Interesting. And now so you have a team. That some Somebody is heading off to Korea soon, right? Right. This is uh, my fourth year, and my one student, Joey Ogborn's second year, and her husband and my other friend will be their first year there. And this is a... Korean is the world um, international competition, and this is their 10th anniversary. So we have a team from the U.S. For the last couple of years, I've been by myself. Last year, there were three others with me. This year, we have 14 competitors. Oh, wow. From the US. Well, so, that's terrific. Now, are yeah, you the only one in your family who does this, or are you sort yeah, of the soul? My, my husband doesn't have anything to do with horses. <laughs> my girls are both Smart ride, man. not into it. <laughs> <laughs> now I noticed that the uh, uh, 
uh, the press release I got says it's the World Championship Martial Arts and Horseback Archery Competition. Do they happen at the same time? Like, No, actually, mounted archery is a martial art. It's the oldest ah. form of martial arts on horseback. And next year in uh, Korea, at least they're hoping to, they're going to have the first martial art Olympics. And it um. will include every martial art there is known. And horseback archery is one of them. So it will be included. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And who has dominated the uh, world in this? What country has been dominant in it? Wow, that's a hard question. Um, A lot of times some of the Europeans don't go as far as the world in Korea. Um, We have some Korean world champions. But from my travels, I would say if you took the best from each country and put them together, the Mongols are going to win. They are by far superior in how they ride and what they do. And then probably the Huns. Well, and, and there. <laughs> what what yeah, century right. are we in? Yeah. Holy cow! This is so awesome. There's some stereotypes the right there. We're like, and the she, Mongols. Like, she's like, we have the Huns. We're just, you know, I want to be a Hun. There's a reason they conquered half the world. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And they grow. And the other thing too is they're born on a horse. I mean, they're literally pretty much born on a horse. So they have that going for them. They are born on it, they, but what they do with the archery really kind of left their culture for a long, long time, and it didn't come back until about nine years ago. And it was actually people in the U.S. that brought it back to them because we started up doing mounted archery competitions, and they came back full force. And when I was over there, oh, my gosh, nobody could touch them. They would put their stirrups like a jockey and almost stand in the saddle as the horse did ran down the track and hit every target. <laughs> Now, what? Uh, so if somebody wants to, you know, is interested in mounted archery and, you know, wants to take it up and maybe they've done a little archery on the ground. By the way, I have one other question for you. Uh, Tammy Serrance, who is one of our hosts here on, on the Horse Radio Network, is one of the champion mounted shooters in the world. And uh-huh. and she she always says, I cannot shoot a darn thing standing on the ground. I miss the targets every time. I have to be moving. Is that the same for you? Uh, no, no, we no. practice okay. on ground a lot for speed because ours is is more of a speed thing. I've done the, the mounted shooting, and I'm a, you know, a cowgirl from way back. And as much as I love mounted shooting, it, to me it's barrel racing and shooting a balloon with shot that comes out at, at a, not a straight shot, but cord, you know, right. wider pattern. And this is all, the horse just basically runs their track, and it's all on you of shooting, and you have to trail the target rather than lead a target. Like a bird. Ah, okay. So for most sense. men, I have to change their mindset. <laughs> Especially if they've hunted. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but they have very good eye-hand coordination. So they're very good at it, picking it up quicker, where I think women tend to have a little bit more finesse with the writing. I have bad news for you, Glenn. Yeah? <laughs> There's a guy in Colchester, Connecticut, who... Uh, does individual and group training for this. Oh, there you go. That's close. You have to wait till your broken arm is out of the cast, though, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) So now, if somebody wants to get started, what do they do? Well, you can go on the website and just put in horseback archery, and you'll get websites that come up. Um, We have about six clubs in the U.S. that are with uh, Mounted Archery of the Americas, and there's one in Seattle, two in Oregon, I'm in the Southwest in Arizona. There's one in Texas. There's one in Florida and one in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm looking here, actually. Uh, I'm on your website. I'm on the website, mountedarchery.org, and they have a map. You can just pick where you live, and it'll bring up the ones that are close by. Uh, and is the right. equipment real expensive? Mm, not for starting out. You know, you need arrows, and most arrows about a dollar a piece. And then your bow, you can get a decent bow, an FKB is a decent bow for just under $200 to start with. And well, in, have, the, in the scope of things with horse people, that's cheap. I mean, that's cheap. <laughs> it doesn't include your horse or your saddle and stuff, but that's basically what you need is maybe a glove, a bow, and some arrows, and a target. Huh. You can buy targets for 35 bucks to practice on. That's really cool. Helena, I, I could see you doing this. I, I can really see myself doing like really see myself doing this. Yeah. And then it you has, become an Amazon. <laughs> I'm too little to be an Amazon, yeah, but I definitely only about five like foot speed two, but... and like 
and bows and arrows. Yeah, but on a horse, you could be an Amazon, right? You're I don't need to be an Amazon. Horse. I just need to go fast and shoot things and not <laughs> hurt anybody. Well, we, we invite you to come out and try it with us. I'm going to be a hun. <laughs> Your Italian relatives will be happy to hear that. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'll be the first Italian hun ever in the history of ever. <laughs> Didn't the Huns take over Italy at one point? I think so. Uh, I think that was. Well, there probably are Italian Huns then. They yeah, will. They probably once are. I join them. You could be part Hun. We don't know. I know. That's right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. What, do you have a website? Just the, the mattedarchery.com one. Okay, mattedarchery.org. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Diana. We really appreciate it. It was great to thank have you. you. Thank you. I love being on the radio with you, and I hope you can run with it, and we'd love to see you out here. Come give it a try. Hello, Robin Donahue here, and I'm an official HRN auditor. I love the programming that the Horse Radio Network offers and have chosen to support them through a monthly contribution. If you enjoy listening to any of the Horse Radio Network shows, won't you join us as a member of the HRN Auditor family? You can do it for as little as a dollar a month. Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the HRN Auditor banner. And don't forget, as an auditor, we get the blooper reel. Well, that was fun. I can so see you. I can't wait to see the pictures of you with your bow and arrow out there shooting things. Eight weeks, nine weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Think Brody could put up with arrows swishing by his head? For heck's sake, I hope so. <laughs> he can't put up with rain. How's he going to put up with arrows? Well, here's going? what I'm going to do. While I'm on the ground, I will do some um, bomb-proofing training. We'll get the tarp. We're going to shake things in the woods. We're going to get umbrellas, school buses. Well, what's nice about this, too, is you can you can practice as the as the shooter on the ground and don't have to, you know, tack up every time. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, although, honestly, that will probably be the hardest thing because I won't be able to hold the um, the bow, the, sh- the bow string, whatever you call it, with my right. Well, not right now. <laughs> no. And probably for quite some time. That will probably yeah. be the greatest challenge is actually controlling um, control- shooting movement. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what you could do? You could just uh, take up mounted shooting, and then you could shoot with your other hand. Okay. There you go. I really like archery, though. It's quieter. <laughs> I, I like it. I always have. I used to do it. The neighbors was, will complain less. <laughs> when I was at summer camp, I know, until I like hit one of them with, my, yeah. with an errant Bow. arrow. Um, I used to do it in camp, and I loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. Do you think they do flaming arrows and stuff? I would do flaming arrows. Oh, that'd be cool. Hey, they're the Huns, man. They do, yeah, they do all what they want. kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that she said the Mongols and the Huns. It's like, oh, man, there's a retro history class right there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was fun. Curious. Well, we're going to finish up our list of, uh, of the words that BuzzFeed and uh, what was it again? Uh, let me go back to that beginning. <laughs> uh, the 19 different words that mean something different to equestrians. And we'll finish that up on the next week's show. But right now, we have to get off to our Tack and Habit segment. This Tack and Habit segment is brought to you by RidingWarehouse.com, a one-stop online tack shop. A huge selection of your favorite products and brands, but also including really unique and hard-to-find items like knee patch and full-seat riding jeans with cargo pockets rigging converters, and a wide variety of bitless bridles. Listeners of the Horse Radio Network can use the coupon code RADIO for 15% off their order this month only, plus free shipping over $50 or $5 for second-day air, and a return policy like no other in the business, and that is free returns for one year both ways. You can find it all at ridingwarehouse.com. Give them a chance and save 15%. Use the coupon code radio at checkout. Today, I have another recording that we did at Ada, and it is with Gerald Petrie of Eurostar, which was a new company that we saw there for the first time. They actually got the Best Booth Award, and uh, they sell some magnificent clothing. 
and you know, one of the things we have noticed in the tech world here in the past couple of years, especially the last two years, and I'm sure you noticed it too, Helena, is a lot more of the exclusive European countries are starting to see United States as a, uh, a, a future market and are starting to come over here and try and break into the United States market. We have never seen, it's always been the other way, United States companies trying to get into Europe. Yeah. Uh, now the European uh, countries are actually seeing the United States, hey, we actually do have money and spend it on horses, and uh, we should try and get in there. We're starting to see a lot more of these companies like Eurostar making their way over here. Mm. So so uh, it was an interesting conversation we had with Gerald. Uh, it was uh, Coach Jen and I from the Horse Tip Daily Show. So let's take a listen. One. Hi, Gerald. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. So good to have you. Now, what country are you from? We have a little accent we can detect there. I'm from the Netherlands. Netherlands? Yeah. Yes. Terrific. Yeah. Very good. A lot of good drivers come out of the Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Especially dressage. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Riders, drivers, uh, you know, uh, yeah. they're tough to compete with. With the WEG coming up, everybody's going, oh, they're there again. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody slashed their tires so they get yeah. here late. Can we make yeah. sure their bus doesn't arrive? <laughs> now, you, you're special is riding boots and tell us you know how long have you been making riding boots uh, our company is uh, about 150 years old oh wow 1857 now were they using tall riding boots like we see in the movies and stuff back in the 1800s yeah mostly for the yard yeah for the hunting yeah yeah and uh, would the, what would they wear when they were riding to and from places? Would they wear sh- shorter boots or would they wear tall boots back then? They wear also tall boots. Then. Yeah. Yes. It's mostly also for protection when you go through the through the wood and so on. Oh, yeah, through the, the woods and the forests, yeah. and so you don't get hurt. That's right. Yeah, it protects yeah. your legs. They didn't from, have yeah. PennDOT out there mowing the road. Yeah, they didn't have anything. Yeah. yeah, clearing the path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Department of Motor Vehicles back then. No. So now, when you first started making boots back in the 1850s, uh, and then coming through all the generations, has it been a family company? Is it your family? It's a family company. We are now the fifth generations. Oh, wow. And uh, I do it with uh, two brothers. And uh, almost Are they involved also? They are involved also. And we have uh, about 50 employees. Oh, wow. That's, that's big. I didn't realize you were that wow. big. Yeah, we make yeah. about 100 pairs a day. Oh, wow. is that right? Yeah. For all over the world. For all over the world. And, and you actually make them, they don't get sent to some foreign country to get made. They get made right there? Yeah, that's right, in Holland. Wow. And what makes your boots different? There's so many tall riding boots out there today. What makes your boots different? It's uh, good quality and a reasonable price. Good leather, good uh, form, uh, nice made. And, and uh, the ones I'm, that you brought over here uh, definitely have the more traditional look about them than some of the, you know, wackier modern ones. That's right. I've, I've taken the dressage models, what is more... Uh, traditional. Traditional. Yeah. Uh, but I've also made, taken a very soft one, what well, more for jumping is. Right. And what Gerald's referring to as traditional, this boot has an actual stitched-on sole. That's Right. right. And then, what do you call the heel here? This this has a name that it, that it's several layers of heel. It's, it's several layers of leather heel. It's a yeah, le- it's right. actual leather, yeah. and you just don't see that in a boot anymore. But something ex- what I would consider innovative. Maybe this is something old school that I just never saw before. It's a the boot zips up the back, so it's a very modern design and convenient, which is what we're all looking for. But when it's unzipped, this little tongue comes out the back of the heel so that when you slide the boot on you don't catch the heel of your sock on the zipper is that no, something that is right. exclusive to your boot i've never seen this before i don't know if it's exclusive we may we do it already awesome. a long time it's protecting also your heel for the zip exactly and it's cause, comfortable because when you wear your boot that zipper in the back rubs a hole in the back of your foot when you're walking around and this will Avoid that altogether. You win the clever product award for me, Gerald. I'm telling <laughs> okay. you, no, I it's, love it. uh, it's comfortable. We yeah, make it comfortable. And it's a gorgeous boot. Yeah, there's that too. Now, um, where's the leather come from? Is it, it depends on. This is Italian calf for the jumping boots, and we do French calf for the dressage boots. Now, okay. what's the difference between the two, except where the cow was born? 
it's the way of uh, making, the way of making the leather. Oh, so it's the it's the process that the leather goes through to become the, the, something for a boot. The, the tanning of the leather. Okay. That's difficult. Different. Okay. Well, let's see it. I just thought it was I didn't know that either because they always okay. talk about English leather and all the different things, and I did. I always thought, well, is an English cow different than a? No, but it's a, it's a tanning <laughs> off, and uh, the leather of uh, the French calf is more stiffer. It's it's oh. harder uh, leather than the calf of the uh, Italian leather. And that the dressage folks want that stiffer That's look. Right. Got yeah. it. See, we're learning something too, Glenn. How about that? What's changing for you in your business? I know you're probably like everybody else trying to keep up with the trends and everything. So what's changing in tall boots that you've seen other than the zippers? It's, it's not only black anymore. In the past, it was only black. And now we make different colors and different shapes with Swarovski stones on it. And uh, You're blinging you can, them up. Yeah. yeah. We have also pretty soon, it. we're going to look like the Western Riders pretty soon. Oh, almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> So you can do a lot of different Gerald kinds of things. Gerald shuddered when you said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a big, there's a big market there, though. <laughs> yeah. So now I see the crystals on this one booth. Will they wear these for shows too with the crystals yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, really? they do. Yeah, yeah, you can you can also make your initials uh, in it when you say. Oh, Romo, that's yeah, a good I, idea. I want the first uh, letter of my name, and uh, we can print it in. Oh, that's with, a good uh, idea. With Swarovski stones. Now, do you um, do you find where do the trends start? Do they start in the United States? Do they start in Europe? Where do they start? And then it sort of branches out. Or does it, it's, it's just whatever. We, we look mostly to the fashion. On fashion shows, we look uh, what's happening there in the shoes and in the boots for ladies. Uh, yeah, and they're all going, uh, they're all going equestrian look at the mainstream fashion. It's all going right. equestrian. Yeah. Win for yeah. Petri Boots. Now, yeah. did, have you been able to break into the mainstream market with that then? Too? We also make uh, for the mainstream market uh, boots, yes. So you're in the high-end the stores and you know, right. all of that. Yeah. What's the hardest thing about the boot business? Talking to people like us? (laughs) (laughs) Always searching for new things, which is also more comfortable for riding and uh, always creating new things. And the price points on your boots, what will they run retail? It starts with uh, $500. Okay. And your boots are all off the shelf, or do you do both custom and off the shelf? We do both. You do both? Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest market for you? Biggest market is Germany. Germany, yeah. yeah. And is it dressage or jumpers? It's mostly or? dressage mostly in Germany. Yeah. Really? Yeah. See, I was going to guess jumpers. I'd have been dead wrong, as usual. No, 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 no. It's mostly dressage in, uh, in Germany, what we do. Huh. But also we do a lot in the United States. Yeah, and uh, you're, you're getting a bigger presence here now, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. This is cool. Thanks to you coming over and... Well, Thank you. All he has to do is stand in the front of the booth and smile. And, and, and talk with that accent, and they all right flood in. over. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been good. Where can people find out, like, where to buy them and, and that kind of thing? They, they can buy them. They can look at the Internet site, uh, www.patri.nl, and they can find there the stores in the neighborhood. Okay, so that's uh, uh, it's p e t r i e dot n l. That's right. Okay, yes. that's the website. Is it in English? It's also in English. Okay, good. Yes, <laughs> good. So we they can find it there. And is there a store listing on there? Yeah, there's store okay. listing on. Okay, so they can find a local store or, t- or an online store. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Okay, thank that you also. Fun. Well, we thank Riding Warehouse for their continued support of the Tack and Habit segment. Well, Helena, we hit a thousand episodes on uh, horses in the morning last week, but some one of our other shows is about to hit a thousand episodes. I think in the next week or two, and that's Jennifer's Horse Tip Daily. Yay! Is going to hit a thousand episodes here coming up as well. So uh, I'm sure she's going to ask you to be on the thousandth episode because you guys are best buds. You yeah. have to party, celebrate together. Okay. Okay. So good work by her. You know, making it all the way. That's. These are some serious milestones. It may not mean a lot to people, but nobody else in the horse world has ever done this much radio before about horses. Um, you know, uh, Rick Lamb's been out there for 10 years, I think, or longer, and he's up to episode 477. So, uh, you know, we've, it really does take a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work to keep doing this week in and week out with all the shows we do. So... Uh, thanks to all the hosts and to people like Helena who do it for virtually no money and just because they enjoy it and 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 she has to suffer with me every week. So <laughs> that's okay. It's not really suffering. I'll say it's that whatever. once and once only. 
it's your purgatory, your penance. You're getting it while you're on earth. Yeah. So you'll, you'll be safe then after you die. Yeah, good. exactly. Is this part of some Buddhist tradition where you evolve into a higher being after yes. doing a radio show yes. for 10 years with, with Glenn. Glenn? That's right. That's funny. Well, you take care of your hand. I hope it gets better. And uh, don't overdo it. I know you. I know. Actually, I'm, I, you know, the older I get, the wiser I get. So I will not overdo it. But I will be restless. So if you want, well, if anybody wants to call or email me and entertain me, please do so. You can move around. The thing about a broken hand is you can still do almost everything you would have normally done. So. You can. You just have to do it yeah. a lot sl- slower. Right. And you know what? That's a good thing because sometimes we, we need, as someone pointed out to me very kindly, sometimes these things happen to us because we need to slow down so that something worse doesn't happen. I think I probably know who that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It Wise was... advice from that person. Wise <laughs> advice. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Don't forget you can get our app, iOS or Android. Just uh, go to the app store on your phone, search for Horse Radio Network. The Stable Scoop Radio Show is one of the shows on there. It's very simple and easy to use. Helena can be found at? Helena at sparkleandboom.com. You can check out our website, sparkleandboom.com. Or follow us on Facebook. If you are a small business owner and need some ideas on how to market your business, find us at sparkleandboom.com. Thank you to our sponsors, the American Horsewoman's Challenge, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, easysignsonline.com and Riding Warehouse. And one other thing, don't forget that in a couple of weeks, it is the World Percheron Congress. Are you coming? Did you decide? Or now has this thrown a kink in the plans? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm pretty sure I will be there. It actually depends on how much... Um, on Grace, because I'd like to bring okay. her with me, but we have to make arrangements for her to bring her schoolwork with her for the day. October 7th is when we're going to be at the Big E. And is it East Springfield or West Springfield? Uh, yeah. Spring, it's in Springfield, <laughs> Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, I've yes. only been there 997 <laughs> times. It's the Big E. Everybody that lives in Massachusetts or that's in all of New England knows where it is. Just say it's in Springfield. Yes. So in, uh, we will be there. Wendy, Dr. Wendy and I will be up there, and hopefully Helena. And we'll be doing two shows live from there, the Horses in the Morning show, and then also the Driving Radio show in the afternoon. And then uh, Dr. Wendy and I will be doing, will be participating in the uh, Celebrity Driving Competition. So uh, they're going to have us driving a pair of Percherons each, and we're going to have to go through this obstacle course. Each? Yeah, we each drive separately. So So you're going to drive a pair. I'm going to drive, and I have, I have only driven a pair once in my that life. That was my next question. Yeah, I went down with Wendy a couple of weeks ago and got a lesson because I had never driven a pair before. Now, it's a lot like driving a single in that you only have one set of reins, um, it's, uh, so you have one rein in each hand. These are Percherons, Glenn. You drive scooter. <laughs> that is true. They are a lot bigger, but they're also a little bit, you know, mellower. Yeah, but you know what? You better make sure that you're I doubt they're going to give us the crazy ones. I doubt they're going to. And we have to sit in those great big uh, draft horse wagons that you see. Uh, them driving their. That's what we actually will be driving. And I've never sat up that high. I'll take happy any day. (laughs) I've never sat up that high before and driven. So this will be fun. Oh, my God. Where are your depends? Bring your depends. (laughs) At least I've driven. Some of the celebrities that are doing this are like local radio and TV. And they've never done it before. So, right, so these are autopilot horses. That we hope. And apparently the owners of the horses and the dri- the drivers of the horses are going to be sitting right beside us in case all goes to hell. Oh, oh, oh okay. So, oh, oh, yeah, okay. So we're not out there by ourselves. <laughs> Did I, t- I told you that we donated the trophy for the worst celebrity driver. Oh. Uh, yeah, Why, so you drive- get it back? <laughs> yes. <laughs> The Driving Radio Show donated the trophy for the worst celebrity driver, and we got the trophy, and it on the top, the little trophy part, is a horse's ass. Just the ass. Oh, that's so, cute. Isn't it perfect? Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of looks like a draft horse butt, actually. And it's yeah. the worst celebrity driver of 2014. So I'll, I'll be bringing that home and putting it right on my desk. Yep. I yep. think you will. <laughs> Bye. Yep. I hope you can come. That would be a lot of fun. And besides, where else can you go to see 800 to 1,000 Percherons? Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot of horse flesh. Yes, it is. We figured it out. Uh, I sort of did a calculation roughly and figured out it would be 1.4 million pounds of horses. Ooh. 
Whoa. If you do it in horse in pounds. So yeah, we hope we see a lot of our listeners. You're invited to come out. It's uh the World Pertron Congress is going on from the sixth through the eleventh. We will be there on the seventh, Tuesday. And we hope that you we're gonna be there all day. You can hang out with us at night. They have a big show that goes on at night with all different stuff, including barrel racing on horseback and uh, all kinds of different demonstration things on the first night. So we hope you can join us, and we'd like to meet a lot of our listeners. Uh, some of our listeners have written and said where we're going to be. We're not sure yet. We'll know that next week. They're going to let us know where we'll be set up. So I'll get that word out to everybody next week, and uh, hopefully, Helena, you can come. I would That'd love it. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We will be back. Bleh, bleh. We will be back next week with more. Until then, happy scooping. Happy scooping.